Welcome to Live the Fuel. Welcome to Live Welcome the Fuel. To Live the Fuel. Focusing on health, business, and lifestyle. And now your host, Scott Mulvaney. All right, good day and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another Live the Fuel show. So this evening, or today, depending on what time you're listening to this, we are bringing back on a new repeat co-host here in 2018. Uh, this gentleman aired on our show not too long ago. We actually aired him on the uh, Christmas holiday here in the U.S. of A., December 25th. He was episode 137. We titled him the Wim Hof Inspired Purpose Through Masculine Practice. So I'm going to give you a quick refresher. The guy's been a corporate ladder climber, been there, uh, within the advertising technology space, turned catalyst for change in the way the world identifies with and experiences masculinity. He's got a much bigger bio for you. You can go back and read that on 137. I'll have it again on this episode of the blog content. But because he's a repeat co-host, we're going to start flowing a little more excitingly here. So without further ado, welcome back to the show, Travis Rosnos. Stoked to be here. You're stoked Thanks, and you are now officially in Austin, Texas. So congratulations. Austin resident. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Quick refresh for our listeners. Uh, if you do go back and listen to 137, he had not arrived yet. He was in that state of transition for his lifestyle. Yes. And actually living in with- Austin, Texas and popping around. I can't get my hands on. See what I'm doing here? On it. Yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Just I got mine the too. Microphone here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen to it. It's so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm in Austin, Texas, and I'm so stoked to be here. That's awesome. Perfect, perfect for my lifestyle. So Austonians don't mind a little coffee? Nah. Nah. It's all about the hipster vibe. You know, I, wish I, can get the I went out and I got denim shirt immediately. I couldn't get a <laughs> denim shirt fast enough to kind of had to blend in. Where's the know? boots? Where's the boots? Oh, they're in my closet. Okay. Now, yeah. I will say, I've been to Texas, and uh, the boots can get expensive. I mean, you want a legit pair of cowboy boots, man. You, right. You're dropping, you're dropping what, six, I know. 600? I mean. Yeah. I found my way somehow with a girl to um, into like the true two-step cowboy experience on New Year's Eve. Did you not? Damn, that's how you rang in Austin, Texas, I, learning, the, I, try, I, learning the two-step? <laughs> I'm two-stepping with this girl and these guys, and it's like almost like part club. A lot of these people have their roots grounded in this club and they're always doing this. And, you know, I have Southern roots. I was born in Oklahoma, but it was. All right. You got some Midwest vibe there. It was years and years and years ago, right? Where I I had cowboy boots and like my mother couldn't get them off my feet, but like, you know, so young. And so I step into this environment and I've got like a nice, I've got a nice, like jacket, like we were going to go somewhere else. And she threw a curveball on me like last minute. Hey. She's really big into this dancing. Quick, so I get quick in life there. lesson to the listeners. Sometimes the curveballs, <laughs> you just got to flow with it, man. Just yeah. With it. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, these guys are looking at me, you know, they were nice, but there was definitely like this divide in like style and like, you know, everything. But turns out I'm not very good at two-stepping. Um, <laughs> well, hold on. Was that, was that officially your first time in, as an adult trying to pull off a two-step as yeah. well as in Texas, mind you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. was it a full embarrassment opportunity or just a... No, it was a mo- most, mostly embarrassing. Oh, I tried to go on... Are we on talking exponential? The, <laughs> no, it didn't compound. They kind of got over it. They're like, yeah, he's... Uh, that he's not very good at that. We're going to do our own thing. But uh, I tried to go on when there's a lot of people on the dance floor to sort of blend in, you know? <laughs> okay. See, now that, that two, two things could have happened from that. Um, the vibe was so powerful that, yeah, you could have been masked and nothing was going on. Uh, the flip yeah. side of it is all of a sudden they just saw what you're trying to pull off and, and next thing you know, maybe like a dance circle opens up <laughs> and everybody's yeah. staring at you. So it could have gone a couple different ways. So. It was so fun. It was a, it was a great time. It was a, uh, it was a great experience to like test, uh, like how can I like lead also when I didn't know what I was doing? So mm. I found it to be actually pretty profound for me. Um, cause I didn't know what I was doing and she understood that I wasn't in, you know, I haven't been in that space yet, but, um, she still like allowed me to lead when I could. And so it was really interesting actually. Well, so that it's kind of funny how we uh, we all. I think anybody's into personal and professional development. We talk about how it's so crucial to get more and more out of your comfort zone. 
right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We talked about yeah. this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, actually on our last episode 137 with him because uh, this guy's a follower of the Wim Hof Method. And not just a follower, but actually a teacher in the Wim teacher Hof now. Method. And yes, for you sir. ladies and gentlemen who don't know what Wim Hof is, a quick, quick skinny on it is uh, go on Instagram, go on Google, and do W-I-M space H-O-F. Actually, it probably comes back as one word, too, because the guy's crazy, man. He's leading people with people like Travis into a very cold elements, uh, yep. stripping you down half naked. You can do that yourself. Um, <laughs> and then you basically are embracing, learning to embrace the cold climates and yeah. Building up that mental and physical resiliency, getting out of your comfort zone. Big time. Yeah, I'd say one of the most practical ways for listeners at home to actually build resilience. Hmm. You know, people talk about resilience a lot. And it's, you know, what do you white knuckle it? You know, what do you do to become more resilient and more yourself? Like, this is one of the most practical ways anybody with access to a shower and somewhere to lay down and breathe, honestly. So let me let me uh, let me give you some positivity based off your last episode. So uh, I still follow Wim Hof, right? And I follow you now. And what did he post? What does he call it when he he, he actually finally posted like a scaled model just to get people to like a challenge? Was it a challenge? He's, he was doing a challenge, wasn't he? Like a fifteen day thing where it's like, hey, yeah, you start yeah. here with only this much. Maybe it's fifteen. Sorry, fifteen seconds, right? Fifteen yeah. seconds, full blown cold, then thirty yeah. seconds, and you basically build on that. I, I think right. he was calling it a challenge or a Wim Hof challenge or something. Yeah, we've got a way we can communicate externally and get folks involved uh, with like a twenty day shower challenge okay shower. yeah so. and we were talking briefly about this on the last episode because i was like okay well if somebody's hearing this and they're just as crazy as you and i are uh what what gets them into that what's a baby step into it because you can't exactly i mean you could but you can't exactly say you know what tomorrow morning i'm gonna wake up and take an entirely cold shower for a good five minutes i mean i think yeah. that's just gonna happen and you're gonna be like yeah. no that's not gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a nice bridge to be able to uh, just jump right out uh, of it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you know, 20 days. Uh, it's a nice way to stay commitment and kind of groom yourself to some discipline with it. And now, why do you uh, think that's important to get a 20 day window? Well, creating that groove, right? That habit and your confidence with it and your comfortability with it. So, um, I think the worst thing that can happen, right, is when you want to adopt a new. Uh, a new way that can help you with uh, becoming more of who you want to be is making it super hard for yourself or, you know, maybe expecting something super perfect where it's really easy. We're in the new year, right? I'm going to work out six days a week, every day, 5 a.m. And it becomes a little more challenging if you weren't working out really at all. And then you're going to go to a perfect yeah, day. If you, know, you so. were the once a month guy. And then all yeah, of a sudden you try yeah. and go to six days. Number one, you also, be, you're going to yeah. have some, you're going to some physical pain and soreness. I mean, this is just your human being. Your body's going to be right. like, what the hell are you doing to me? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you had a, you had a video posted recently to you, Scott, um, in your, in your group where it was somebody talking about baby steps maybe, right. Or something kind of like that, uh, Dr. Megan Cannon. Yeah, yeah, just one step in front of the other. She's that one of lesson. your other fellow regular uh, co-hosts on the show. She's a sports psychologist. Right on. Love that. Yeah. I was thinking about doing that actually, like right out of, uh, right. Getting, getting into college. Well, her, her organization that she works with, they're actually called uh, mind of the athlete. So oh, that's killer. Where yeah. is she based right here where I'm at? They're, oh, they're, well, we their do... office is 15, 20 minutes from here. It's uh, I've actually done live shows there. That's cool. Uh, she and I literally met real quick, si- real quick side note for our listeners that are newer that's actually a great segue back to where this show came from. Like mm. one of my regular guys I've had on the show, which shout out to uh, one of our big fans, um, the Strausser project, Brian Strausser, you need to get back on the show, bro. Uh, anyway, he and I were doing like a real deep transparency, getting this guy vulnerable, being honest while sitting in a Starbucks with microphones, recording a freaking podcast. And he and I, he and I met through, Volunteer trail work, running chainsaws, fixing up our mountain biking trails nearby here that I take care of. So it's like, wow, you know, common ground, guys getting mm-hmm. manly, but also like, hey, man, let's get real manly. Let's get deep. And this right. guy talked about, you know, his struggles of he used to be a personal trainer. Then he got heavy. Then he's gotten injured. Now he's trying to become a dad and and all these things, man. And then he went through depression and he literally had thoughts of like 
suicide and stuff like that years ago. Like all this stuff's coming out. Meanwhile, this chick, Megan, is literally sitting right across from us with her Mind of the Athlete backpack working on a program that she was about to speak at the fo- this, that following weekend at the CrossFit gym that my fiance and I tra- train at. <laughs> so like worlds collide. We finished the episode and she's just like, I, I just got to like, you know, tag in and say hi. Like, I, wow. I, lo- I loved what you guys were doing, what was happening right now. And then boom, now she's been on like three, four five times and, and we're awesome. all friends now. And, and, uh, actually Christmas holiday, we do the, uh, the 12 days of Christmas workout. It's a br- brutal long cross CrossFit workout, but <laughs> she was there and, and we're doing selfies and posting on Instagram and everything nice. else. Yeah. It's just like, nice. Right on, po- podcasting, man, bringing people together, getting people out of their comfort zone. Uh, so I just had to segue on that because there you go. Now you're in a community with her. You should, you guys should reach out. She's yeah, had, totally. another regular co-host is in that group is, um, Aaron Sparold, which is their sports nutritionist who's on staff there. So it's actually one, two, three, four sports psychologists and a sports nutritionist. So, and they travel around work with all these major universities. That's their primary really? niche. Oh yeah. All the, all these sports teams. Oh yeah. It's the same. So, so I, you know, sidebar too, you know, but I totally, uh, you know, uh, interfires the parent company for, uh, Wim Hof. And okay. They, you know, they've brought on instructors like myself, right? Year long program, you're licensing the method. That way there's 250 of him versus like, yeah. can't be everywhere at once and eventually but, you have to scale right but companies like the facebooks of the world and things like that like that's their biggest growth uh vertical because they all want that experience and everybody has a budget right that sort of uh you know, the experiential budget to help teams get you know, better communication get along better all that stuff it's just a great you know we do workshops five hours long it's a great like cheap way to to bring your team together. And oh like God, yeah! Them. Five hour workshops are not that big a deal. Believe me, yeah, I've been so, in two yeah. three day immersions. But I was thinking also like sports teams, um, just because like that's my background, right? Where I was like, you know, I don't know how much effort I'll like go after that market because you know, but but that would be interesting. It would be interesting because you might not get through to the entire sports team per se. But here's the thing: like they don't like not every sports team works with them, right? There's a lot of yeah. I think. Um, Collegiate sports have changed a lot. I think the yep. coaches are starting to think outside the box and saying, hey, man, maybe we need to bring in some psychology. Maybe we got to work on mindset. Um, yeah. This is a oh, co- common theme on this show with them is we talk a lot about mindset. That's why I was joking around with you. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know, you and I d- dug into some mindset on your first episode, but I was like, well, this you're, you're, you've got a great angle because you're not coming in from per se the collegially educated or, you know, uh, university educated psychology standpoint, you're yeah. coming in from a real world application, like the Wim Hof method where it's like, dude, this is outside the box. But in exactly. reality, it is very mindset driven. It's just, yes. we're focused on a different angle of the lifestyle, right? I, I, is, right. It, is it wrong to say it's extreme? I don't know if it says extreme. <laughs> yeah, for some people, they might be like, "Hey, man, that's that's extreme, man. That's weird." Like I'm sitting, I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting on a on the cliff of a of an yeah. iceberg <clears throat> in, in my in my skivvies, you know, yeah. with, with no jacket on. Like I don't know. It's uh, some people look at the photos and they're like, "Man, what is that?" It can be it can be extreme, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but that's the point. You're not here, yeah, totally. to make everybody happy. Yeah. It's you're putting something out there that you're looking for that three to five percentile, maybe less. That's like, sure. that, that clicks with me, right? You're, yeah. you're finding your posse. Uh, actually, it's interesting. Because you and I were bouncing around ideas <laughs> over email. Complete transparency for our listeners. I never prescribe the show. Like, we want this to flow and see where oh. it goes, right? But <clears throat> Travis is so excited to be, you know, a repeat co-host. He sends me out ideas. Like, I love it. I'm like, oh, my God, look at this guy. He's like, <laughs> he's sending me ideas. Like, hey, here's some ideas for the show. Um Meanwhile, the guy just got done partying in, in Mexico. Different conversation. We'll get there probably. But he sends back two themes, right? We were going to, he's like, hey, we could always talk about building identity mm-hmm. capital or starting with why. And mm-hmm. I talk a lot about why on this show. But yeah. I was like, it's interesting how, where this conversation went just now. This is why I don't like the script it, right? Because now by accident, 
we're literally getting into, I feel like this building identity capital piece Yeah, yeah because yeah. it's applying to how you want to start building your business off of the, your Wim Hof certification and how you're targeting people differently. And that's coming, that's comes down to your identity capital. Yeah. 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 And then you're trying to find those people out there that are looking for the same identity. Absolutely. That aligns with you. So it's interesting yeah, yeah, how we yeah. just naturally flew in. No, we did. We did. We did. Well, what's funny too is I had, uh, I put dancing salsa in particular in the email to you because I did like my, that. I was like, what? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, my, my teacher at, uh, that I'll start again another year with, um, uh, in a, in March, he, he sort of forewarned us about what, what, what sort of storm is ahead for us. And a lot of it is, Oh, um, did he actually title it as a storm? There's the, yeah. That, that would be interesting. It's like, Oh, thanks. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, he's, you know, he's wanting us to play with different ways that we can energetically sort of, broaden our experience with our bodies and that might be jujitsu that might be um dance you know those are some ideas he, he you know uh, play an instrument um take I acting say. classes so all these things that but these are identity capital building experiences while where also you, getting you, you out know, of your comfort zone right? most of it it's well you know it's an identity capital building opportunity when it doesn't feel comfortable oh yeah yeah, it's that, like that's actually- how you know. That's how you know. And and for the listeners, identity capital, this concept, right? I love it because, um, you know, if you're wanting to invest more time to become like more of who you truly are, it's like it's a metaphorical currency for how we purchase the life we want, relationships and the jobs, the career, the life we want. That metaphorical currency. I just think it's brilliant. And um, yeah. Anyway, so well, it's it's beyond brilliant right i think what you're going here is i love this where this is flowing because here's a good interesting uh, transparency to our listeners right i have instagram feeds twitters and all this other stuff so right so travis and i are now following each other actually i just realized today we weren't even connected on linkedin what the hell i've been on that since it was founded i connect with all you guys why haven't we connected on linkedin i have to update my linkedin that is one platform it is the the professional platform yeah I've uh, been slow on the LinkedIn. I think for, for you know. Well, here's the deal. Years. I think I think so. you'll, and this is not a pat on my back, but I think you'll enjoy it if you look at my profile because I do shit differently, right? I love that. About being transparent, like, oh God, two years ago, I decided to say, I just don't give a fuck. I'm going to put <laughs> it all out there. Um, I literally did that on Facebook. Like Facebook's now all of a sudden got a new thing where there's, the, if you look on your on your computer, not your smartphone, and you look at your profile on Facebook, they're at right at the top under your photo, they're like asking you, like, hey, what's your favorite uh, yeah. sport? What's your favorite food? Because they think you didn't fill out a bio yet, right? I yeah. th- every time I click on that, it takes me to the bio that I filled out like three years ago. Right. It talks about how I grew up, where I came from, firefighting, being a farm kid, where I went to high school. Like I threw all that in there just to be completely transparent. I forgot I wrote it. <laughs> so but on LinkedIn, uh Part of that identity capital, right, is yeah. it, you're more than just your freaking resume. So I saw right. where LinkedIn was going because I'd been on it since the early 2000s when they launched it. And I'm like, you know what? Because I think they launched in 2002. So, uh, or it was 2006. It's one of those two years. Anyway, the point is, dude, why does it have to be just your resume? Yeah. Okay. They're, and, be. they're trying to get more social, right? They're trying to get like, oh, you know what? I'll, uh, yeah. I'll let you post a project on that one bio for that job or whatever. So this is your opportunity to think outside the box. And since you're not, you're not targeting the traditional W2 jobby job world. So it's like, dude, that is your opportunity to increase your, your your SEO for your brand. Yeah. Yeah. I want to use LinkedIn. I just saw like a little training on this too, just because again, I have, uh, I, I, I know the power of that platform big time. Um, but yeah, I want to use LinkedIn to connect with, uh, those at companies that are yeah, major influencers. Doing those, yeah. Doing the, um, you know, those experiences, they're bringing cool experiences into their company. And I guarantee because, you the CEIOs, they're looking for something different and they're not looking on Facebook, yeah. right? They're, yeah. they're, the CEIOs aren't Facebook driven. They're LinkedIn driven. And, yeah. um, yeah. the one, I mean, the beauty I found <clears throat> of LinkedIn that I've always tried and share with people is dude, before I knew what the hell SEO was and search engine optimization and keyword recognition, dude, years ago, I launched my profile on LinkedIn. And then a week or two later, someone was, we were just casually chatting like, Hey man, do you ever Google your name? I'm like, no, I never did Google my name. And I Google it. And the first damn thing that comes up is LinkedIn. Right. On. I didn't have 
any other online footprint. Do you and, do you write content on I, LinkedIn? Like okay. like there's Dude, groups. Your, your, your and episodes get published there. Every time I publish, yeah. I publish you everywhere. Every per, every yeah. co-host that comes on here goes <laughs> on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Standard. Yeah. Uh, wow. Now, if people beat me to it, then I share their post. But usually on LinkedIn, nobody's posting. Like, I think I'm the only person who posts podcasts on LinkedIn. Um, but admittedly, I'm not officially a contributor. I'm going to pour that sound again. Look at that. Mm. Yeah. Hey, can you have extra for me? You have uh, extra for me? I ran out. So this is uh, <laughs> this this bad boy Ooh. is the latest upgrade. This is a $100 freaking French press. <laughs> wow. I've never invested that much in my coffee, but dude. You're a committed man. Double filtered, double walled like a Yeti mug. So this holds yeah. the temp. Yeah. It's called it's called the Espro, E S P R O. Hold and this is the small model. They make a bigger one. Um, <laughs> dude. <laughs> legit. And and I'm using actually my buddies from a uh, little little Pure Vitamin Club mug. They launched Pure Coffee Club. So ah, I'm actually cool. using their athletic blend which has 50% more caffeine. Yeah. Oh wow. So you're going to be jiving then. Well, I've got a competitive workout to go in and do at 10 o'clock this morning. So we're going to Oh yeah. So I figure I'm going to get a little edge up and then go in there and just burn it all out. So Edge up. There yeah. you go. There um, you go. But anyway, just to close out LinkedIn. It's yeah, it's, a, it's a no-brainer because they're totally. st- they're still so heavily based on keyword recognition. It's a very text-based platform. So right. It's like, dude, get your keywords out there. That's what I was saying, man. You got to think outside the box. Write a good bio. Dude, look at my profile. I'm just, I, I already sent you a request this morning to connect up. Yeah, so yeah. Just I, take a poke yeah. around in there and look over. I got everything. Dude, I had the firefighting on there. I had, I had colleagues cool. of mine tell me, dude, you can't put firefighting on there. And I'm like, what? Oh, and yeah, they said, yeah. well, it has nothing to do with it's, your professional resume. I'm like, It's going to be so interesting. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for this. It's great that you're bringing this up. Because, well, because, you know, I'm, I'm, jumping out of the closet in this whole new world, you know, whatever, because I was nine years in this corporate advertising space. Because this is all what of we my, were driven to do, right? Yeah, all my friends in, you know, all, all of my friends on LinkedIn are all of my, you know, ex-clients and ex-bosses. And, you know, the company I just left, you know, I just said, hey, I'm leaving for entrepreneurship. It's not like I did a deep dive on here's what I'm doing just because I was like, I'm on my way out. Like, right. Cut the tie. So yeah, it'll be fun to like say, here's where I'm at. This is where I've been to get me to where I'm passionate about this. And people can be like, whoa, you know, because <laughs> most of those people I'm not connected with on Facebook or the platform. So it'd well, be interesting. The other thing is, did I bring up the tagline from uh, my buddy, Michael O'Neill from the solo porno hour for you? He's a, a big podcaster. Um, I still remember to this day. He's like, dude, when it comes to Facebook, here's where I'm at. He's like, you're innocent until proven creepy. Ah, uh, Okay. So he's like, you send me a friend request? I'm just going to hit yes. And then we'll, we'll see where that takes us. Ah, he's sure. like, we'll see sure. where that takes us. And I'm like, huh. There's even more leeway on that on LinkedIn probably. Uh, it's now less it's personal. Though. Well, nowadays it has gotten easier. Here's the trick though. Here's your best practice. Um, ladies and gentlemen, here's your other tip. So you can go on LinkedIn and you can request to connect with somebody. But now LinkedIn gives you the option that when you click connect – there's a second button that pops up saying, do you want to add a note to personalize your request? Yeah, Please right. personalize your request because sure. on LinkedIn, I purposely yeah. don't do that to teach them a lesson because I'm like, you know what? If you don't at least tell me why you're trying to connect with me, like, like I, I, I have an isogenics business, right? I'm a nutrition guy. And yes, that's a network marketing company, right? Uh, but it's one of my side hustles and it's taught me a lot about business and growth and team building uh, over the sure. years. But <clears throat> in the end, it's a side hustle. It's not my primary thing. I get network marketing gurus trying to friend connect me all the time. Like, and then you, you see their profile or the guy does not person. His personalization is this is what I do for other network marketers. We should connect. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, right. thank you for your sales pitch. Piss off. <laughs> yeah. Don't start with what start yeah. with why. Right. The other part of your email, right? It's like, um, okay, dude, how about we get to know each other first? Cause this is a classic mistake that people make in sales and marketing when they're building a brand, building a business, whether it's online or in person, is you start pushing your shit down people's throat and they're like, yeah. wait a minute, where was the, where was the, oh, how do I say this? Uh, let's tie some dating into this. Where's the foreplay, <laughs> right? Where like, is the, yeah. Where's the yeah, damn yeah. foreplay? All right? You gotta have it. Where, you, know, we, you want us to build identity capital. You want us to define our whys, but then everybody goes right into that and then starts pushing their crap down your throat. And it's like, wait a minute. How about some whining yeah. and dining, man? Well, like, some of it's uh, lack of awareness, but I mean, I think the importance, you know, in what you're saying is like, 
a relationship can't happen no matter on what level, what kind of relationship, unless there's like this common ground in beliefs or common ground in like passion for why anybody's doing anything. Hey, like, you're I dancing fully partner. believe that. Do you, you know? think, I mean, I don't know how you guys connected or whatever, but do you think yeah. she would have taken you to do a two-step to challenge you if you hadn't spent a little bit of time before that date kind of connecting a little bit, right? I don't know. Sure, totally. Are you yeah, comfortable definitely. talking about that? Was Yeah, what, what, that was like her holy ground. Oh, that's like her she like took you she into had her friends space. there yeah 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 she yeah she was testing you dude <laughs> she wanted to see if you could actually handle it and be like hey you're out of your comfort zone you're in her strength area is this guy gonna freak i don't know yeah. that's my yeah, psychology yeah. man no i think so for sure yeah and um i i think maybe even a few years ago i probably would have because i definitely was uncomfortable but like totally enjoyed it well, and the other piece is so interesting. We're gonna we're gonna tie this back now because now I'm gonna geek out on identity capital because I love the words. But do you feel now where you're at, right? You, you've been doing you've been getting out of your freaking comfort zone for a good year at least, right? You got Wim yeah. Hof training. You got about a I'd say two years. Two of years really now, just being okay. Mostly uncomfortable. Okay, so you got like, dude, I'm I'm way out of my comfort zone. I'm becoming a, a, an instructor in this methodology. I have to be able to get other people out of their comfort zones. Oh, you know what? What the hell? Come a new year, let's go ahead and relocate. That's one of the top three most stressful things for the for mankind on average. When you look at the statistics, they tell you the top three most usually stressful things in people's lives are um, yeah. moving, marriage, and death. Or we'll throw in maybe a job change, right? Layoff or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think you, I think you hit on a few of those cylinders, my friend. Like I think you might have tackled a good quantity of that in like you know you're not getting married or you know there's no death, but you got relocation, you got career changes, career growth, uh, launching a business. Yeah. Like dude, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly, surprisingly, um, someone who used to be pretty anxious about change um it's all been kind of effortless for the most part mm. um you know so there's a little bit of uh how do you think you reached a point of, of effortlessness a lot, lot less tug of war going on i think you know and well you know there's a combination of you know there's things that i believe in a lot so if we talk about starting with why right and like almost literally this ties back to everything with Wim Hof or what i want to do with men's coaching how i want to essentially call in my tribe so here's we will workshop how someone might do that and how I plan to do that, right? Where it's like, I believe in three things specifically. And this is all very personal to my experience. So for you're referencing that, that's this is where I got to it. I think that's important, right? Because this is, that, sure. this is that balance yeah. where you gotta tie the personal into the professional. Very much so. And when I say this, I think it'll make sense from what we sh what we talked about the first uh, the first go around. Okay. Just our, our thing. But it's like, I believe that it's what we can't see or what we can't feel is really what's most important for like more expression of ourselves. So hmm. what we can't see psychologically, what we aren't choosing to really feel or go to emotionally, like there's a lot of power in that, you know? The how unlocks in a variety of ways, Wim Hof, crew coaching, blah, blah, blah. But I believe that, I fully do believe that. Second thing is like, I believe when we like withhold things, our issues from people, like we're giving our power away to those things, hands down. Like that's a vulnerability piece. That's a coaching piece, uh, but it's uh, what would Wim Hof would say is feeling is understanding. That's his big thing. Feeling is understanding. If you're feeling your body physiologically, what it does, like that's understanding. And well, I think a, lot of, is, a lot of us are numb to it. Very much so. I was for a very long time, most of my life. Um, and intuition, all those things, insights, self-esteem, it all comes from getting in the body, being acutely aware to it. It's so like, that's my third thing. I believe that like subtle awareness of like what the body is telling us, it takes a lot of practice and it's like required for like the cojones to like take the light, like the life that you want, you know, like the, like the heart centered living, like the stuff that you never thought you could do, but you have to be super aware of what your body is telling you practically, right? The Wim Hof method does that. Breath work does that. But I just yeah, think it's interesting that you, you keep bringing the body into it because a lot of us, yeah, yeah, we're guilty of paralysis by analysis, and we think it's all a mental game. And the only reason why it's still yeah. a mental game at, because you're not allowing it to manifest through your body and listen yeah. to how your body feels, how your gut, you know, do you actually have a deep down gut reaction? Are you allowing that to happen? 
Or are you still in that numb mental state? I don't know. Would you agree with how I'm wording that? Because I've not studied the Wim Hof method. That's how I look at it. Like sometimes we're so stuck no, in 100%. our head. We're not, no, 100%. Like, do you feel what's happening in your gut, man? Like listen to your <clears> damn gut because you're so, so hardcore, overly analytical in your head. You're not feeling how you actually feel about that. There's over like a thousand times more neurotransmitters in your stomach than there is in your head. Boom. There's something to think Which about. <laughs> blew my mind. No, we're seriously talking like it's way over a thousand times more. It's, you know, gut, the microbiome Boom. movement these days is exploding. Yeah. Um, exploding. And, and, and the only thing, they're touching the surface, dude. Everybody's like, my, oh. one, my one buddy, he loves like the, Big when time. I bring on biohackers and stuff on the show, like he loved Dr. Jack Cruz, the mitochondriac uh, neurosurgeon himself on this show. But, um, oh yeah, that That's, guy, that guy's episode was legit. I don't want to geek out with that guy. Cause dude. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> he's too smart for his own good. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But <laughs> go back and listen to 51 because it's like, Ooh. it's hard to get through some of how scientific this guy is. Like huge, he's like, he's like biohacking. He's like, when you're ready, you can come join my mitohackers. He's like, I hacked the mitochondria at the cellular level. And I'm like, damn. Wow. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, if I were to get into the science of the Wim Hof, we would go there because it is a lot about the right. ATP and mitochondria. More but everybody's cellular focused cellular on stuff. drinking, um, Oh God, uh, your probiotics. Like when you hear microbiome, like the surface level, people are like, oh yeah, I drink, uh, which, which I, I drink my probiotics should, every day. And I'm like, okay, you're, you're starting to get it, but you don't get yeah, it. <laughs> right. Well, personal, um, you know, you're in this supplement business as well. I have a good friend that, um, and you know, runs a, a growing superfood company too. Yeah. And, uh, doing some research too on like that market, like supplements and superfoods and things like that. You know, the growing opportunity is like personalized, uh, not only personalized healthcare, but personalized supplements and personalized things where they take your gut and then they look and almost like with a watch, could it tell you what your levels are in a there's, day? There's a guy who reached out to me. Yeah. Actually, thanks. I did a Facebook live out in Vegas at Thrive Make Money Matter. And the guy remembered me from Thrive Make Money Matter in San Diego. And then he reached out to yeah. me because a buddy of his thought he saw me doing it from the airport. I don't know. It was a weird connection, right? He sends me all this stuff. Anyway, long story short, they're doing that kind of DNA level research to personalize your vitamin profile to who yeah. you are, right? Like what are the essential yeah. vitamin nutrients that, because a lot of this is guesswork. Until you yeah. run the advanced blood panel testing or like I have in the corner here, the saliva testing to do hormonal analysis, like yeah. there's testing that we could do, but nobody gets it yet. Mm -hmm. And we're still kind of finding our way, but that's the point, right? Like a lot of people are just blindly putting crap in their body because they do care. And yeah, people like right. us, like we're spending a lot of money on supplementation. My supplementation protocol from 2010 to now changes every year because I'm constantly hacking and trying to try different things. So what I consumed in 2010 when I was no. still a firefighter compared to no. what I'm consuming now has changed. So sure. we're constantly adapting. Sure. Yeah. That's so it's interesting that world where that's headed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it'd sure. be cool. If, it'd be cool one day if you could just swab a mouth or take a drop of blood, submit it and they spit back and say, yep, here's your perfect vitamin nutrient superfood profile since you know yeah. our, our food right. is lacking nutrient density in this country i don't care yeah there, there, there's your justification ladies I mean, and gentlemen i'm not telling you to go take supplements tomorrow but right. as a farm kid what we did when i was a kid and what we're doing now to our crops and our soil yeah it's it's tragic right. Right. We're, we're we've we've just we've just tapped we just tapped the life out of the surface of this planet, especially here in North America. So trying to get consistent nutrient density in our food su uh, supply is few and far between. So totally. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big believer. In That's it. a whole it's... other podcast show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. I, I'm a, I geek out on superfoods. I mean, I, you know, Oh yeah, involved man. in somewhat with my buddy's business. I got, I got my super greens. I, I take it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and actually I will tell you, I, it, most companies I see, if I see a greens powder, it's actually not bad. Like we, I have my own through this company. Um, I have another buddy of mine who gave me samples from another company. And in the end, as long as you're not stuffing it full of fake crap or sugar, and you're just trying to build a profile based off of super greens, for example, that's crucial because uh, there's studies yeah. that have proven that 
15, 20 years ago, you took a bowl of spinach and you compare that to a bowl of spinach today, you need like nine to 10 bowls of this spinach today. I don't care if it's organic or not to be equal to that nutrient density from Whoa. 15, 20 years ago. That's crazy. This was proven at a, at a, at a, at a, a university. I forget what university did this test, but they had that stuff like cryogenically frozen or whatever. And they pulled that out, sampled it. And it's oh. like, what? I was like, that's crazy, man. That's like an example that of what we've done to our food supply. Right. So, right. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But anyway, we, we, we got off on a tangent, okay, which is, happens. I'm all right with it. But let's bring us back to uh, this, your identity stuff, right? Because okay, it kind of ties me back to your original bio when we brought you on for episode 137, cause I, and I have it up here because I loved how you put this in about all of your attentions and energy were focused on consuming more of things externally to yourself to build up your identity, right? Sure. And you, yeah. you, you got very transparent and you were honest to our listeners in case you didn't hear that episode. Like he had a lack of a father figure his, your entire life, um, which, yep. you know, it took you on that journey of entangling yourself from social pressures and trying to find true masculinity. Right. So yep. that's something that I want to tie back from the prior episode into what we were just discussing. Cause I love that kind of yeah. full circle yeah. relationship. Cause we have a lot of yeah. new listeners who might not have listened to that show. So, sure. um, but where, where do you tie that to where you're yeah, at now, yeah. right? You're in Austin, Texas yeah, now, man. Like, you're now Wim Hof trained. I mean, how are yeah. you building this <clears throat> this identity forth? Yeah, know, yeah. The, the identity capital for me now, it, it's, it's just service-based. Like, I just want to get my hands wrapped around. Like, if I'm growing myself, right, I'm putting myself into these uncomfortable situations, whether it's um, – you know, meeting new people, going out on, you know, dates with new people, dance, just these things, these different things outside of like the physical stuff, you know, Wim Hof, I work out and all that. It's all like, so I can just like step into more of that resiliency so I can serve other people. And so my identity now is just less, I'm less worried about myself. <laughs> I'm oriented different, you know? Um, so I think there's just, Real quick, I got to pause on this, yeah. man. You're less yeah. worried about yourself. I love that. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. like, dude, yeah. why are we so worried about ourselves all the time? Just let it flow, man. I was going to do some screen share for our ladies That's, and gentlemen. So I, I think a lot of where, um, you know, if you're younger and I, and if you're not fulfilled or you're very confused or you're really like living a busy life, I think our culture promotes it. It's easy to get set into it, but um, it's just easy to always want to look out for yourself and almost, you know, I think men will come into this too, because there's something about, you know, trying to prove your manhood where you're like, you know, you're entitled and your ownership and there's those things and you might box yourself in with that. But if you take a step back, really, and you don't even have to necessarily volunteer. Like I, you know, I did Big Brothers Big Sisters for one year. Um, there's things that you can do, but it feels really, really good though, when you're making a difference and you can like feel that you are. And, Ooh, let's um, pause on that. Um, I've done a lot of charity and volunteer work over the years, right? I've done, I've, I've, yeah. I literally got to physically build five homes with Habitat for Humanity on a project here locally that's years some, ago. That's uh, deep stuff there, man. Right? It was, that was awesome. Hardcore. That was, that was one of my earlier experiences of- That's hardcore, yeah. Just, like, they, they, if I go back and visit them, one of the ladies who was like just a fresh out of high school, like secretary is still there. And she's like, I remember you, you're the spider guy. And I'm like- Spider guy. She's like, yeah, the guy would just run across all the rooftops. And I'm like, oh, because wow. nobody, nobody wanted to work on roofs. So like, I'm a climber and I would just, I mean, I just jump across gaps and shit. And I'm like, come on guys, <laughs> come on up. And they're all looking at me like I'm a crazy person. Um, <laughs> part crazy. Uh, you know, it's, no, it's probably part crazy. Well, it kind of ties, <laughs> it, it ties back to, so <laughs> I started feeling guilty about that type of stuff because I would talk about it. And I'm like, huh. am I, am I talking about it in a way that is self-promotional, right? And I think some people feel guilty about that sometimes. And it's like, you know what? I don't care about it anymore because that's just who I am. It's, it's built me to where I am today. Great organizations like that helped influence me. So now it's just, I just got to change my vernacular and how I speak about it. Right. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I think if, if you want to go there, like I'm choosing. Using, I want to choose organizations that are highly personal to me. So like, for example, you know, my, uh, another men's empowerment coach, Javon Langford, he runs the mentor. I don't know if we went through this on the last No, we did not. No. The men, 
Yeah, the mentor is this amazing uh, Javon Langford, Hmm. and he's based out of L.A., and he lost his father at three, you know, has had, you know, there's all kinds of links to our backgrounds, big athlete guy and all that. But, you know, there's, there's 30 volunteers that are older men. And all it is, is like emotional intelligence and mentorship support for young boys, eight to 15. So for me that, you know, that's highly, highly personal and relevant, right? Like I didn't, I, I, I put myself into those young kids shoes where I was walking around the playgrounds and trying to figure out what was different and felt different, you know, like mom just came to pick me up. Whereas, you know, others had rounded out family and not in all cases, but in some cases, but anyway, so that for me, if like, I'm going to get involved at that level, like an organization that um, it's linked to a prior experience for me, obviously, right. Where um, I can, I can be highly empathetic to those that are in a certain situation where if I'm giving back to that and then I'm speaking about it, you know, I, I don't care what people think, right? It's like, I believe in that. And um, I'm getting involved. I'm convincing my friend actually to like potentially give like 10% of his proceeds of his business to this thing ongoingly. And I want to actually try to open it up in Austin for him. It's just in LA, but it's, he has like 20 states asking him to like come do the mentor in other communities. So um, it, I, it's like the premier. I'm sharing, that's, I'm sharing the yeah. right guy, right? This is Javon. Lambert. Yes, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. So, Great guy. And again, ladies and gentlemen, again, you can find Travis Rosenos at TravisRosenos.com, but he's talking about Juvan uh, Langford, which is J-U-V-A-N. I'll have all this stuff linked in the show notes, yeah. but Juvan Langford, yeah. empowerment coach and global speaker. So uh, yeah. just yeah. want to give him a little plug since you're uh, talking about him. So, Right on, right on. So anyway, you know, if it's, you know, using volunteerism, uh, you know, and to, to, to acquire identity capital, you know, I, I think do it in a way and find things that uh, it's easy to just like Google charities. There's tons of them and it's find one that maybe just is personal to you for some reason. Well, did you see my, uh, my Facebook live about uh, what I've officially done to my business here in 2018? I don't think so. Oh, dude, it's, it's totally in line with what you're discussing. So really, well, we, you do remember why I go to Thrive Make Money Matter every year? The, Specifically that conference? No. Yeah, that conference obviously is literally about teaching entrepreneurs how to make money ah. matter and to teach them that to build true financial success, you need to align yourself with a bigger purpose, right? right. One of the easiest ways to do that is if you want to drive more revenue and not feel guilty about it, why not flip your business into a for-purpose business model so then you can hard code, for example, a set percentile yeah. that goes to not-for-profit activities. So it's like, wait a minute, as right. my business grows, as my income grows, my donations grow, right? Right. So I officially flipped the switch. So as of January 1st this year, everything I do is now a for-purpose business model. For the first quarter of this year, I officially have 1% of all gross income going into a special account that is now set aside for 501c3 initiatives. So, gotcha. Nice. So it's like, but the, and, and then you can, the you can grow that percentage, right? Um, nice. I, I eventually want to have like at least 10%, right? But I just, I needed to at least flip the switch because I was procrastination, you know, through just waiting. And I'm like, oh, I got to wait until I have five, 10%. I'm like, no, you know what? Flip it, hard code it, and then see what the impact is to gross income and then start working around it. Because if I take the money out before I can, I need it, which is from the methodology I learned from the profit first methodology, which is I incorporated in my business over a year ago, as far as how I do my bookkeeping, there's a special, I have special accounts, right? I have a tax account, a profit first account. So you have to set aside your profit for yourself as an entrepreneur before you spend it. That way you don't wait to the end of the year and you subtract your expenses from your income. And it's like, oh, well, I have no money left, so I don't feel good about my company because I never got to enjoy some of the profits. And it's a complete flip sure. on the map. So because I had that system installed, it's easy. All I did was I just I went online. I set up a separate online account with Capital One. I set up like a their 360 money market account. So it's online. And it's hard for me to get access to, right? And now I set up automatic transfers. And there's just every time money hits my account, gross income weekly, I have a weekly transfer going to that account, setting aside that one percentile. And eventually that'll become five, 10%. And then eventually this year, I want to set aside what you're talking about, which is, okay, well, maybe I develop a flagship like relationship saying, you know, for example, Jivan or, or whatever. We're like, Hey, right. that's my chosen right. 
charity this quarter, this year, you know, whatever. Because uh, that's something that I've always had with this. Like my isogenics business, their flagship right. relationship is Make-A-Wish Foundation. So every time I've been getting food monthly for years now, I have a donation automatically going to Make-A-Wish. So this was already, for me, my small side business here was already a for-purpose business model. But it wasn't like Fuel Enterprises and Live a Fuel wasn't hard-coded. And I think where you're going here, that's why I'm, I'm geeking mm-hmm. on this right now with you because I'm like, I don't feel as guilty now. Like 2018, I'm actually fired up because I'm like, wait a minute. The more money I make or the more success we yeah, drive, yeah. the more impact yeah, we drive. And you should talk about it too, right? I think you should actually be very vocal if you're, if you're starting a business and if you're a business. And especially um, if you're passionate about something and you're trying to make yeah, an impact. Man. Like, yeah. I'm not a multimillionaire yeah, yet. Definitely. But why so many people feel like, oh, well, I don't make enough money to do that. Do you? Maybe you just don't realize it because you spend it before you need it. Or you realize you right. set it aside before you right. think you need it. And right. then it's, yeah. you're already making an impact. It just means that maybe yeah. you got to shave a little off of your expenses and your overhead, which a lot of entrepreneurs, yeah. I was guilty yeah, of I like, think- oh, I can write that off. I'll just go buy it. <laughs> there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of research out there too. The younger generation... Gen X, Gen Y, whatever, but um, they generally do want to patronize with brands and companies that are uh, millennials are huge right now. Purpose, yeah, big time, big big time. Um, that's a, a big leading factor in decision making across those you know, the younger generations for for brands and everything like that for sure. You know, it's it's great. That's awesome. I think you know I think that means that their mind is in the right place. I guess and they make their decisions where they put their money. Well, and I I think that's the big picture here. Whether we're talking about creating a for-purpose business, or just selecting an organization to start working with. I know, it sounds like it from you too, yeah. it, it really gets you to get outside of your comfort zone. Like I, I was there just to help build homes, for example, years ago. And then the the head construction manager for this division here for, for Habitat said, well, I don't like dealing with volunteers and you're great with people. So here, you go run that whole house. So like six months into me volunteering, they gave me my own house to help build and I'm running the volunteers on that. And I'm like, okay, that got me out of my comfort zone. Um, But in the end he realized he wanted me to play to my strengths and he knew that he didn't like dealing with volunteers. So he's like, you're very talkative here. You go deal with that. Just come back and check with me on the blueprints and and we'll, we'll just get, we'll just make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) Right on, man. That's great. But That's that's the point, right? It's like, what are we doing to get out of our comfort zone? What are we doing to challenge ourselves to see, going back to our original point here on this whole brand identity or building that confident identity is, what if volunteerism changes your initiatives and where you go in life? And it sounds like it did that to you. Yeah. I'm hoping that it does. Yeah. I, I, I do have a vision that, like, you know, kind of idea on how that might, you know, I, I really want to build what I'm doing with coaching into more of a platform really where it's, uh, take men's health, but it's more coaching. So mm-hmm. and I have five of the best coaches that offer packaging based on where somebody is in their life. You know, if it's relationships, if it's more awareness and stuff, and I want it to sit on everything. And then I want to give 10% to the mentor. I mean, cause I, that connects just connects men to younger, younger boys. It just, you know, makes sense. Now, are you looking to build that platform into obviously the drop or? Yeah, I almost see, I really see, um, okay, I'm going to share your, I see the, I you. see the, I see the drop and what it is from a, um, like introduction to, you know, becoming a more you know, rounded out, you know, purpose driven individual as a man. I see that as almost like the introductory course, like you call it like required, required, you know, personal development work in the, in the men's workspace, almost like where the drop would be this, not to say that, you know, you can't be in a relationship if you're in this, but there's no, I don't, I'm not talking really a lot about, you know, intimacy and, you know, communication with your romantic partner. There's really none of that going on with this. Whereas, you know, like my coach, John Wyland, a lot of what he does is couples relationship practice stuff where he would be a piece of this down the road. So anyway, I I do see this as something I want to build where it's it's an actual mentorship and education platform. Well, I think you're smart because in the end, I think you and I might've brought brought this up in the last episode where I'm a big supporter of like the strengths finder 2.0 book, uh, uh, author's wrath, R A T H last name. And it's on my, um, 
it's all my resources on the website as far as the, the library. I started building a library on, on the website now because I'm tired of always promoting these different books and not like, guys, just go to the library. It's on the that's, resources. That's smart. I was like, this is everything, smart. everything that I, I will, it will not go on there unless I've consumed it. So whether gotcha. it be an audible gotcha. version or written book, I'm now building a library gotcha. uh, because I've consumed a lot uh, over the past three years, especially. But the point here is this I'm hearing from you is that realize what you're great at that you're going to thrive with and then outsource the rest. And even better, if you can outsource the rest, but build it into your own team, you're not yeah, necessarily, yeah. you're not actually externally outsourcing, you're internally outsourcing, sure. building a strength, a strong team. And then now from your brand, the drop, you can now target multiple domains because you have somebody on that team to direct yeah. people to. Yeah. I, you know, it's true without trying to get ahead of myself while also still I need to be ahead from if I'm trying to do that three-year vision of doing something like that where I have to be like thinking forward but then also like staying in my lane and making sure I get good experience in certain capacities um yeah it's really important like I I'm not you know I although I have an advertising tech background like surprising like when it comes to like thinking about okay I'm gonna build a system that's like gonna bring leads to my business and all these things like maybe i'm lazy but like it's things i don't want to do so i'm at a place where i'm like okay if i'm gonna do this entrepreneur thing like i don't want to grind it out and do a bunch of stuff that i don't want to do versus like things that gets me excited is can i like conversations with other guys coaching serving um like vision ideas program building right. um speaking writing like those are things that i'm passionate about where it's more like uh, external facing and like in front of people versus like, I don't want to be like behind the computer a lot, like coming up with systems and like creating ads and like doing the stuff. So I am at a place where like, I don't, I don't, it's, it's not that I, I don't want to white knuckle and be the entrepreneur that like is just struggling. I'm going to outsource all that stuff. Like I'm meeting with a guy tomorrow that's going to help me like right, but in the, the beginning, stuff I don't want to do. In the beginning, yeah. you will have to do some of that, right? Like we can't. Sure, sure, of course. Let, let's be real. Uh, any entrepreneurs that are or budding, <laughs> budding entrepreneurs that are listening to this show, it's like, guys, in the beginning, you got to put in the sweat equity yourself anyway and yeah. to, to discover what makes sense to hold internally right. versus externally out, outsourcing and things of that nature, because you got to find those pain points, like, Oh my God, I can't stand doing this. So yes, now I'm going to add that to my dream list and say, great. In six, 12 months, right. I'm going to look for somebody right. to, to add to my team to do that. I mean, like I tried designing my website and struggled for like four months. So I was like, screw this. I can't do this. Like also, you know, like design, right? Like that, that website looks great. I didn't do that. I came up with what it was going to be about and how I wanted it to flow and how I wanted to represent myself. I hired somebody to do that. design, So I found out really quick, like I'm not going to be designing things. That's what, that's kind of like, I'm like in the middle of that. So people are like, well, what is it you do? And I said, like, I do a lot of things, but what I really love is when I sit down with a client and we talk brand strategy, my keyword is strategy yeah. there, because like, yeah. I'm not the designer either. Can I, can I, do I do my own edits to my WordPress site sometimes? Sure. But sure. so I've learned it. I like to learn shit so I can at least survive and connect yeah. with the people that I know that I'm going to probably outsource that to. But then right. I'm going to say, okay, you know what? I'm going to just outsource that, outsource that. But Agree, yeah, yeah. but I love because yeah. like not everybody can sit down and do what you did, right? What is my vision? What do I want to stand for? What is my content? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got to get all that yeah. out there because then when you go to outsource it, now because that's what they're going to ask for. They're like, dude, what is your brand identity, right? What it's all about, yeah. What's your identity, man? Yeah. How, yeah. how are you gonna? Yeah. How am I gonna design a site around that? Because then you'll be frustrated if they they spit a website back to you and it's like that's not connecting on anything yeah. that I wanted. And they're like, well, you didn't really give me much to work with. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You, you could do a, yeah, no, that's great. You should do a, you should do something on like how to understand what to outsource and what not to outsource. I don't know. I think there's some gold in there for you. Yeah. I've been, I'm like you, there's, there's a, you're on the, you know, you put in the reps, you put in the reps and yeah, like, totally. this that's year really I'm working on a project to figure out what I want to put up online into more of an educational segment or that would be cool training program and say, great. That would and, be really again, cool. Like I would find that really valuable, actually. There we go. Any any entrepreneur like dissect the needs. Maybe we'll needs. use you as a guinea pig, and you now just like you know screw around and I'm okay. like, all right, 
And they're like, I was like, so what, if you would have found this online, would you have studied that? I'm like, great. I'll add, right. that, I'll add that into the library, the, uh, right. the educational program. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's interesting for somebody like you trying, you know, delivering value to maybe aspiring entrepreneurs, you know, or personal brands where it's like, it go, like if you have something you're really passionate about and you kind of have an idea on the vision, great is one thing, but there's so many other landmines out there. Oh God. You know, that it's just, it's, and I've it's stepped un- on them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, trying man. to avoid them at all costs. I have virtually blown a couple feet off and then, you know, <laughs> luckily we're virtual. So I just go right back. Uh, <laughs> but that's also how we learn. You have to make these mistakes, sure. right? Sure. The most sure. powerful things we've learned or, or the things we've uh, now can manifest into our future are thanks to these struggles. Like you've hinted at, you know, lacking the father uh, experience. Well, luckily you were, you were intelligent enough to seek out guidance or new influencers or coaches or mentors to help you reach what you were missing was that, that next level of masculinity, right? Sure. And now you've, you've, you've connected with that. So, so personally, at least to me anyway, looking at you and hearing you and as I get to know you, um, is that, wow, man, like what's he going to do next? Cause now he can take those lessons and influence others with that. Because you've got a story in that brand. Yeah, there's uh, there's um, what I'm hearing, you know, is and I write about this actually a lot. Yeah, because men, young men in particular, I think like they don't want to have to like say I don't have it figured out. Like, why would I need that? Screw that! I, I want to do it on my own. I was like that for a very long time, although I knew I wasn't. So the humility, though, it, like to build the humility required to outsource those. that resources, this resources that you need, whether it's on a personal level or in your business, like seek out the humility necessary so that you don't take on everything by yourself. And I like, I think that is bulletproof advice for anybody of any age, Mm -hmm. because if you don't have the humility of it, like you just, man, you know, you, you, um, you're you're holding yourself back. Yeah. Big time. But it's really hard. That's really, really hard because you know, I think, I don't know if it's gender specific per se, but I do think that it's, um, it co- encompasses experience from, for men more so because they want to like take everything on and they want to like oh, yeah. not show that they don't have things figured out. It's literally, it's funny. I was going to bring this up earlier and I forgot that now you've connected it back. It was like when I showed up to be a firefighter, right? And I, I, was, I was already, I was considered the old guy. I was 31, 32. Everybody's 18 to 24. So I've got age and, supposed wisdom. And I've been, <laughs> I had been managing 30, 40 person teams in the corporate world. And I had gone back to school, finished my degree. So I now have this marketing and psychology background. And I'm like, I think I'm ready to go and I'm pretty fit. And in the end, it doesn't matter what the hell I brought to the table. They don't give a shit, right? Your squad bosses don't care. My superintendent don't care. It doesn't matter what the hell my background was. To be fair, I didn't have any firefighting background. So I was more of a rookie than some of these younger guys who had at least had served with a local fire department or something before they became a hotshot. And I had to realize that. It's like, Scott, it doesn't matter what the hell you showed up with. It's what are you going to do now? How are you going to demonstrate your knowledge or your expertise? Like they don't give a crap what is coming out of your mouth. Close it and demonstrate it, right? So Mm -hmm. I had to show up every single day, put in that sweat equity on the fire line, on these PT hikes, um, show the willingness to keep learning, showing the willingness to accept, uh, the willingness to accept a uh, humility because they would bust my balls. If I made a mistake, Hey, hey it doesn't matter how old you are. You're still a rookie, right? So suck it up, buttercup. You're a rookie and you're going to take the criticism. And if you're, <laughs> you're going to set a manly example for the 18 year old and be the wiser person at 32, well, I can't be like a whining little baby about it. I just got to shut up and just keep working. And it was a very powerful, humbling experience for me. I learned so much from that experience because yeah, my first year I showed up, I did a lot of talking. Yeah, I put in the work, but eventually halfway through the season, I just didn't really talk as much anymore. And I just put in the work and that's how I earned the respect. And, and, and I started getting more higher level opportunities to do more with our fire crew because my squad bosses and my leadership saw that, Hey, Scott's finally getting it right. doesn't matter what the hell you say, bro. It's what are you showing up with? Yeah. Lead by example. Exactly. So that was a classic example where I thought, all right, I'm coming in. I'm good. I'm like, no, dude, you ain't shit. 
Right. <laughs> I'm I, sure. I'm sure you guys like that with the Wim Hof, right? Like well, people show up like, I'm yeah, fit, the I'm world strong. Will, uh, <laughs> the world will correct you, I think, in some way, usually, right? Yeah. Pretty quick, but. And that comes down to this, guys. Ladies and gentlemen, again, like we were talking about your why today. We were talking about brand identity. We were talking about building identity capital. Whatever keywords you want to talk about, like that's what I was looking forward to bringing Travis back on again for and, and cycling him into a basically a lifestyle component for this show, right? Like we bring on Megan and Aaron, talk about nutrition and health and, and also my okay. mindset as well. But I was like, man, it's like yeah. Travis has got a different angle here, man. I love your background. Um I think it's powerful because I grew up with a father figure, but yet it was one of those quiet father figures. Like again, he just worked hard, but he, I love my dad, but he's not the, he was not the, uh, overly coaching fatherly type. He was just, he just went out and worked all the time. <laughs> so very I very common. Experience. Yeah, exactly. Right. So it's like, I wasn't very necessarily, common. yeah, I don't, I don't want to say I was necessarily lacking a complete father figure, but I did observe, Hey man, hard work, farm kid, man, you got to put in the work. Uh, yeah. so different story than you, but there's still a different lacking, uh, psychology there from a father figure, right? Everybody's got these different father figures. So I, I just been jamming with you, man. I, I love, I love the fact. That yeah. Thanks for having me on. I I'm all about it. It's great to, it's great yeah. to, uh, so, so now that you're range Austin, with you, man, yeah. <laughs> now that you're in Austin, now that you're officially a repeat co-host on the show, um, yeah, uh, and this won't this will be coming out in a few weeks. But what's the uh, what's the next steps for you, man? Here, I mean, this will probably air. Ah, yeah, end of January, February. Like, what okay, what, are we, what are we be catching people up on when I publish this stuff? Yeah, so I um I'll be doing a Wim Hof workshop in East Austin, February seventeenth. Okay, so, I'll definitely get you uh, out before then. So if anybody is listening to this and you're in the Austin area, you know you can go to my Facebook page. You can go to uh, Eventbrite. You can. Oh, so you already got it up? Get tickets. Yeah, I've got everything. Everything's up. There'll be room for probably eight people at okay. this workshop. And then uh, that's mid-February. And um, between now and then, I think it'll just be, uh, yeah, just jamming on things. But that's what I'm excited about, obviously, coming okay. up here in the next couple of weeks. So. Well, uh, make sure you email me over the links so I can embed them oh, in, sure. in your blog content. And then yeah. uh, obviously this gives you something once this goes live, you know, a couple of weeks before your event, this gives you something to help market that too, right? So uh, because I think that's important, right? I love the fact you also yeah. did only an eight-person headcount. I think it should feel more VIP and uh, hands-on. You get too many, you know, heads in the group, and yeah, yeah, it gets very yeah, there's, diluted. There's only there's a few instructors that do, uh, you know, like eighteen to twenty-four people, but they've been doing it for a while, and they've built up that skill set. Yeah, you've got to be able to hold that space. It's a lot of people, and that you're some intense things going on. You know, it's not like we're all sitting around having a chat. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is deep, deep stuff. You try a lot of people are getting through. into a whole nother thing. So yeah, six to 12 people will really be where I'll play for and probably a long time for about a year. Probably. What I'm, what I'm hearing from you is again, we want to find that target audience, right? So people hearing this, hell guys, you should just take a flight out to Austin. Cause Austin's beautiful. If um, you're close to Austin. Yeah. Get in the workshop on the 17th. This is experience. Dude, yeah, I cool. did my first, I don't know if that metal's hanging up over there. I did my first uh, endurance mountain biking race outside of Austin. When I, right on. After, yeah. after firefighting, when I moved to Colorado, I went down through Southern US. You know, I'm a, you know I've done so many coast to coast road trips. I'm like, hey, I'm going to go through the South. And then my buddy's uh, girlfriend at the time, he owned the bike shop in Colorado that I helped him open. He's like, hey, man, my girl's going down to Texas. She's fly She's driving down to Austin. You're going to, you, we should reroute through there, meet her and do a Leadville qualifying race. So it's, it's a, it's a 60 plus mile mountain biking race. Um, That's crazy. On a mountain biking course at some ranch outside of Austin. So I'm like, sure, the bikes are on the roof. I'm moving to Colorado. I'll just pull off and take it off the roof and go do a race. So that's why I just realized, like, oh, yeah, that was Austin. So that's nuts. Um, yeah, you, that's hardcore. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's four, four, it was four 15 plus mile loops. So, uh, so the good thing is you can loop back through. I had mechanical issues. Uh, I dropped a chain, busted a gear. I just can't, like, literally, I'd pull up alongside of my campsite where my tent was, fix it, get right back on the bike and keep going, man. That's that endurance mindset. You got to just keep going. By the time I finished the race, I had one gear left. I literally had chain rings of gears hanging off my handlebar. Jesus. And I had to rig it. And I was literally, and my legs were spinning like crazy because I had no main drive. Like, because mountain bikes, you could shift your gears. 
I had nothing, dude. I had fucked that bike up. That's that's crazy. <laughs> that's insane. And I qualified. Because <laughs> you have you have wow. to finish the race in seven hours or less to qualify for Leadville. So I made the cutoff, got my medal, but because of my age group, I wasn't one of the top, top performers. So I, I couldn't actually qualify to do the big Leadville race, which is in Leadville, Colorado, where you do it at 10,000 feet. So this was one of the qualifiers to get you there. Um, anyway, just no, fun little backstory there. Uh, just maybe, I, know, I was like, well, oh man, been, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's been uh, it's been great, obviously being back on the show. I, yeah, man, thank you for that. This has yeah, been great. Yeah. I appreciate you making the time. Um, yeah, again, course. ladies and gentlemen, travisrosenos.com. Check out the drop: a man's pursuit of purpose through masculine practice. Uh, and then, obviously, like we did last time, sir. Your co-host, so we like to close out the show with your final words. So uh, what kind of powerful words or mindset do you want to leave behind for the audience so they can keep coming back for more? No, I, I think if you've made it this far through this episode and you're still tuning in, it's um, for a reason. And I, I think you're hopefully drawn to the conversation today, which was really, you know, all about the identity capital concept, right, is really interesting. So it's 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 like, how can you look at how you design your life around what am I investing my time in that's going to help me become more of who I want to be? And most likely, like a temperature check, it's usually because it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel like weird. It's like, get weird, right? Like get weird in a variety of ways. So like, I encourage that. Like on the other side is so much growth and like so much more like natural confidence. So like, I encourage you to look at that. Like, Think about that. Take that with you. And um, yeah, we'll be, I'll be back on the show and let's do it again. There it is. I'll hang tight. Give you a proper goodbye. All Ladies right. and gentlemen, one of our latest and newest repeat co-hosts for 2018, TravisRosenos.com. So again, powerful words. We got a lot of masculinity and mindset, but what you heard today was not just for men. This applies to you ladies as well. There's a lot of strong yeah. ladies out there too. But again, ladies and gentlemen, that's another powerful Live the Fuel podcast. Thank you for listening in. And remember, I always remind you guys, keep living the fuel. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Hey there, listeners and fans of Live the Fuel. Scott Mulvaney here, your founder and host. Please hang tight for another one to two minutes, and you're going to hear some added value resources and discounts. So first off, please don't forget to subscribe and submit a review for the show. It'll really help others find our show, and I would love to get the feedback. Also, please be sure to visit livethefuel.com and score your free Super 7s resource guide. This has got over 21 different resources that I've put together to help fuel your health, business, and lifestyle goals. Okay, once you're on the website, ladies and gentlemen, go to the resources page and you're going to score some added discounts. I've set up discount code relationships with my favorite snack nuts from eatpillynuts.com and my favorite healthy fats olive oil from villacapelli.com. And lastly, don't forget, I'm your connection into the healthy nutrition world from Isogenics. You'll see the logo there. Feel free to reach out to me. I got my schedule online. And to close things out, guys, ladies and gentlemen, this podcast is awesome, and I love having you listen, and it wouldn't be possible without our amazing editor known as David Studio. So if you're an up-and-coming podcaster or an existing podcaster, and you're just trying to find a better way to get it done like I do get a hold of his editing services you can find them on fiverr that's f-i-v-e-double-r.com fiverr.com and search for david studio and lastly just to close this out ladies and gentlemen we discuss so much health business and lifestyle on this show we bring on biologists and doctors and entrepreneurs and it's just a powerful sharing of knowledge but one thing i do want to remind you is this we are not a uh, replacement for your medical doctor uh, for example, on the health information. So please, this is a show of free knowledge. If you need to go seek a professional's advice, please do so. This is free knowledge. We're sharing it out there. But obviously, you need to make your own intelligent decisions when it comes to your health, your business, and your lifestyle. I just want to remind you of that. In the end, keep listening. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for the reviews. And let's keep growing this powerful message of a healthier, more successful business lifestyle for you all. Thank you for listening to Live the Fuel. Visit us at livethefuel.com. Stay connected on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at Live the Fuel. Live the fired up epic life. Hashtag Live the Fuel.